This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well. <sighs> Bing bong. The only person that can really understand how I feel right now is Harvey Cruz. Harvey, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Big win in the garden. Nicely done. Sweep of the two games, which you had to do. Now you go back to Cleveland with the opportunity to close it out at home. Now, listen, I know there's some of you, oh, I want them to win it at the garden. No, 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 no. You have a team on their heels, and I expect the Cavaliers to make major adjustments. I know, I know Donovan Mitchell in a, possi- in a possible closeout game is not going to score nine points and have two points in the second half. I know that. I know that. So I'm expecting him, I'm not, I'm not holding on to something because I'm expecting him to be just unbelievable in game five. I'm expecting him to have a tremendous game. But I got to say this. We can talk about R.J. Barrett, and we will. We can talk about Josh Hart, and we will. We can talk about Jalen Brunson, and we will. We can talk about Julius Randle, and we will. We can talk about the two-headed monster at center, and we can. But for me, what this game came down to, and really the series, for most of these four games, the Nick defense has been outstanding. It's forced turnovers. It's enabled them to push the basketball and get on the break. It's given them big opportunities for easy baskets. They've crashed the boards. This this Cleveland team offensively is better than what they've shown. And the reason why they have not played as well, now look, they've missed some shots too. But for the most part, the Knicks have challenged them defensively. The Knicks have done a very good job in you know, controlling the boards and keeping people out of the paint. And when you come in the painted area, your shot is blocked. It has not been easy going to the basket for this Cleveland Cavalier team. So while we, and rightfully so, while we talk about what Jalen Brunson continues to do with this team, while we talk about what R.J. Barrett has done, especially today, game three, but even more so today, it's really about this Nick defense, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a physical defense. It's been a defense that has made its presence known. And, and they've crashed the boards. It's been just fabulous watching them play. So that's, those are the positives, okay? Now, here's the only thing I'm going to say about Julius Randle. He didn't have it today, and to his credit, he didn't force it today. So I know there's going to be a lot of people, where's Julius Randle? What's going on with him? How come he didn't have the offense? How are we going to win without him? Today, he didn't have it. But he didn't force it. He didn't try to put up bad shots. He didn't turn the basketball over. He was a willing passer. And hats off to Tibbs, which kind of makes me think this might have been a, a physical thing in a sense. Hats off to Tibbs, who sat him and allowed Obi Toppin to play big minutes in that fourth quarter. So right now, if you're a Nick fan, you have to feel pretty good. But with this opportunity, the way you're playing, and you didn't have Grimes. So you want to be able to try and end this in game five. 
on Wednesday night. You're not trying to extend it. You're trying to get out of here, move on, and not give a team that is about to be eliminated a second life. You want to get rid of them on their floor Wednesday, be done with it, move on, and let's go. Now let's break it down. R.J. Barrett took a lot of criticism from me and a whole bunch of other folks because of his lack of consistency on how he's played for most of the year. And while he was better in game three, substantially better, he had more of an impact today in game four because Julius Randle, one of your starters, your leading scorer, didn't have the game that you would expect him to have. For Barrett to give you 9 of 18, now he was all 6 from 3. He actually hit one, but it was, you know, it was wiped away because of a foul call. He was 9 of 18. So really, other than the threes, he was really 9 of 12. And him putting his head down, going to the basket, beating people off the dribble, that's what you want to see him do. They allowed him to use his left hand, and he's going with his left hand strong. So you like the aggressiveness that R.J. Barrett has shown you so far in the series. So you like that, the past two games of the series. Uh, free throws, once again, are an issue. <laughs> he missed five. You know, the Knicks missed free throws today, and it could have come back to bite them, but it didn't. So for the positivity, what you have with R.J. Barrett, he was huge today. Because he was a guy that was your second scorer. And this is the guy that we've been looking for. This is the guy that we've expected. This is the guy that we're looking to see and, and enjoy his, his performances. So kudos to R.J. Barrett. I mean, Josh Hart, what can you say? That hasn't been said already. Uh, great off the boards. Great diving for loose balls. Great giving you second chance points. Great. Excellent defense on Donovan Mitchell, making it difficult for him. Mitchell, we know, look, he's a tremendous talent. We know that. But making it hard is all you can do. I mean, he Mitchell made one shot where Hart just was right there. So you give Josh Hart all the intangibles that he brings to the table. His ability to push the basketball, his ability to hit the three, his ability to lead the break. These are things that, you, I, I don't think anybody knew what they were getting that he could provide this when, in this situation. I don't think anybody expected that he would be this type of player having watched him in Portland. He was really good in Portland, but not to this extent. So you love what he has. You love what he brought to the table. Uh, let me give you some numbers, ladies and gentlemen. And this will tell you. The tag team of Robinson and Hardenstein. Ready? 19 rebounds, eight off the offensive boards. And they each had two blocks apiece, so they had four blocks. They were unbelievable today. Defensively, they were great. They were key blocks, too. These were blocks that were off breaks as part of stretches where Cleveland was trying to come back. And although they ultimately took the lead, 
this kept them from taking the lead on a couple of those. And in the first half, Mitchell Robinson was just, it was unbelievable. So for me, the takeaway here is the Nick defense has been fabulous in this series. It's been fabulous, especially in these two games. Now, will they be able to take that defense on the road? Yes, they have to, because that's, that's how you win. That's how you win on the road. So defensively, you love what they have. Concerns. I'm a little concerned about Emmanuel quickly. And I thought he was coming he was coming back to being himself after game three. But I do think, and this is just me, and I'm curious to hear what you think at 1-800-919-3776. I think when you pair him with Brunson, he yields to Brunson. And I think that takes away him pushing the basketball. I think it takes away from him sometimes looking for his own shot because he's yielding to Brunson. And I understand it. Brunson is the point guard in that situation. But I still need him to move around and be that, that aggressive, that aggressor, because the Knicks are going to need points off the bench. They only got nine points off the bench today. Quickly didn't score in 19 minutes. Toppin had five points in 20 minutes. McBride had three because he hit a big three when he was in the game. And, um, you know, Hardenstein missed, missed the free throw. So you only got, you only got nine points off the bench. You, you're going to need more than that. I mean, you know, last game you got, what, 38? But once again, you moved Josh Hart into the starting rotation, and so that 19 points were there. So, listen, all in all, I'm just looking for quickly to be the quickly that we've seen a bit more aggressive offensively, but otherwise, I'm ecstatic. The Knicks are up. And listen, one more thing before we get into you. Was I surprised that Cleveland made a run in the second half? Absolutely. In the third quarter? Absolutely not. This is a very good Cleveland Cavalier team. They were 51-31 and 31 in the regular season. And defensively, they're not a bad team either. They are just killing themselves with turnovers. I mean, Donovan Mitchell had six turnovers today. I think he had five last game. So the turnovers are really hurting this team. And uh, actually, Mobley and Allen played better. 12, uh, 14, 12 points for Mobley, 14 for Allen. They played better, but combined, they only got 11 rebounds. Combined. Cleveland is not going to win battling this Nick team with their big men getting 11 combined rebounds off the glass. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Before I get to the post, can I just say this? If you were at the Garden today, hats off. You guys were just unbelievable. The past two games... Game three was incredible, and today was even better. I mean, it was the noise was jumping through the TV screen. You guys were just incredible at the Garden, just incredible today. 1-800-919-3776. Spikes in St. Pete. Spikes, start us off today on this Sunday. Oh, boy, how wonderful was that. Hey, Jose from Brooklyn went to his first playoff game today. He picked a good Can't one. Can't wait. 
Can't wait to hear from him. Everything you said was spot on. I got uh, my whole family listening to this thing all over the place. And the boys all said, you and Larry are going to be on the same page. I said, look, R.J. Barrett, I am so happy for him, Larry. I can't tell you. He abandons the three. You got to take one or two if they give it to you. He made every big shot. What was he, uh, 9 out of 12 if you take the threes out? Mm-hmm. Yep. And 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 uh, Tom Thibodeau, I got to give him credit. He benched Randall. He he had to. Julius didn't do. He didn't over push things. He just didn't have it. Maybe he's injured. Maybe he's not. But Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson and the two headed center and and the fact that the relentless defense they put Cleveland on their heels. This was old-fashioned defense won that game. We out-rebounded them. We had very few turnovers, 8 or 10 probably. And I'll tell you something, this is the way this team – see, I, their starting five appears better on paper. And I'll give Garland a lot of credit. He had a great second half. But starting Levert again, you know, depletes their bench. I can't say anything else but tip my cap to the coach, to R.J. Barrett, uh, you know, guys like uh, quickly uh, Obi, Obi too. This could be mm-hmm. something new for Obi because replacing Randall, he got rebounds. He got eight or nine rebounds, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. And he went to the, you know, he, he just looked in control of what he was doing. You have to look past the deficiencies. This was a team effort, and I'll still, in my long years on this planet, never be able to figure out how Josh Hart finds out where the ball's going every time. What a beautiful player, and uh, uh, bigger and better things. We got. I want to snuff him out on Wednesday. I don't want to leave any margin for error. And the way the other two series are going, you know, with injuries and everything, it would be ironic if the Knicks wound up playing the Heat. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> where, where, hey, Spike, thanks for the phone call. Where, where scores in the 80s and 90s will be probably the way it is every single game, right? Uh, Obi Toppin, eight rebounds, five offensively. Rufus is in Staten Island. What's up, Rufus? Hey, Rufus. So happy. I think we could close it out in, in game five in Cleveland. We're playing league three. Good basketball right now. They are playing well, Rufus. Thanks for the phone call. And you're right. You agree with me. You have the up. And do I understand that the fourth, the, the the fourth and deciding game in the series is the toughest to get? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. It's the toughest one. But they have to get it done right away. You don't want to let the Cavaliers back in the series. Just for, oh, well, we get them at home. You don't know. You just don't know. They're down. Get rid of them. Matt's in Yonkers. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's up, Larry? I uh, just wanted to talk about, I mean, it was a great game today. I'm um, so excited about the Knicks actually, you know, hopefully being able to win a playoff series. You know, <laughs> I think a couple of years ago when they played the Hawks, um, you know, they didn't really have much of a shot in that series. So it was great for them to make the playoffs, but it's even more exciting for them to actually win a series. Um, But my point was, you know, I just wanted to talk about the Knicks with Obi Toppin playing instead of Randall. I feel like the offense moves. uh, The ball moves a lot more. You know, Randall obviously is tremendous and and what he's done for the Knicks the last couple of years. But I just love the way that the team, you know, plays with Obi instead of Randall. 
Uh, Randall tends to, you know, the ball just dies when it when it hits him. He uh, plays a lot of ISO. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that. And then the Villanova guys, you know, Brunson and Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would love if, if the Knicks went and got the other Nova boys in the league, like Bridges and uh, Sadiq Bey and DiVincenzo. Yeah. Um, so that's what I got, Larry. All right, Matt. Thanks for checking in. I think those other three Villanova boy, boys are going to stay where they are. Malik Bridges has been simply phenomenal for the Nets, even though they got swept. Uh, he's been great, and he's going to be the piece that they build around over there, so he's not going anywhere. Uh, Bay has done a nice job where he is, and and listen, uh, DiVincenzo is, is, a, is a big part of what Golden State is doing, so they're not going, I don't see them letting him go either. I hear what you're saying about topping over Randall, but I think you have to keep in mind that they're two different players, and Randall is more of a guy and has been asked to do in this offense, more of a guy to get the ball, wait, see if he can draw a double team, and then pass, whereas Obi Toppin is either going to the basket on the break or he's getting better at his threes. If he was to be a more consistent three-pointer, three-point scorer, or a guy who also rebounds better, and the fact that he rebounds today is a step in the right direction for him. That's been a major criticism of Obi Toppin. Yes, he's exciting. Yes, he gives you the unbelievable dunks. It's fabulous. But at 6'9", he needs to grab some rebounds. And he hasn't done that a lot. And so for him to crash the boards and to be a little more uh, a little more mobile defensively, these are things that are going to get him more playing opportunity. He is not better than Julius Randle. Maybe the ball moves differently because he's not there, but that's because he has a different role with the team than Julius Randle has. Tony's in the Bronx. What's up, Tony? How you doing, Larry? Uh, I just wanted to say great win. Um, I wanted to point out that um, at the end of the game, what Josh Hart brings to the team as far as being in the right spot, getting the rebound that we need. Uh, you look in the fourth quarter, the game one, this game, a lot of big plays that he comes up with where if he doesn't get that rebound, if he doesn't hit that shot, um, I think we lose. And I think, you know, I think he's a good example for the young guys growing up nowadays, I played basketball growing up in the city that, you know, everyone wants to be the top scorer and uh, he's a perfect, he's got a perfect game. He doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. He rebounds, he plays defense, he hustles, and uh, he could be on any team the way he plays, uh, you know, and uh, just a, such a big part of the team. I think, you know, even though the stat sheet might not show him scoring 40 points, uh, I, I don't think they win without him. Well, I'll say this, Tony, and thanks for the phone call. He has been an unbelievable addition to this team. And Gordon Damer said it a couple of weeks ago. He is a Tom Thibodeau-type player. He is, he is a New York Nick player. He is what Nick fans love. He is a throwback to those Nick teams of the 90s where mate, the late Anthony Mason and Charles Oakley and guys diving on the – even Greg Anthony when he was here, diving for the ball and – scrapping for loose balls and battling on the boards and tips and doing all those things and forcing turnovers. He overplays the passing lane well. He has a great sense of where the ball is going. He is a, a fabulous rebounder for a guy his size. He does he does all the little things. And for you to have a team that is gunning or have the opportunity to be successful, to go deep into the playoffs and ultimately to win a championship, you have to have guys who play the role and play the game like Josh Hart. You just do. 
Because if you don't, you're going to lose. Everybody can have, you can have the best scores. Somebody's got to do the dirty work. Somebody's got to do the dirty work. And he does the dirty work and can give you score. He was, listen, for Rose and World Wide West and the front office, Steve Perry, he was an unbelievable pickup at the, at the trade deadline for this Knicks team. Unbelievable. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Let's head back to the phones and talk to Gustavo. He's in West Orange. Gustavo, you're next on 98.7. And Gustavo here. How you doing, Larry? Thank you for taking my call. First time, all-time listener. A uh, couple of pointers in helping out. First, complete team effort today. Not for nothing. Um, each individual who got into the court, you know, did what they had to do. A couple of pointers here. First one, the play of Mitchell Robinson. He's being outplayed. I mean, he outplayed two players of the cast, Mobley and Allen on both sides of the court. Um, R.J. Barrett, we called him for, you know, for a while, and he has showed – he showed up, you know, in the last two games. It remains to be seen what's going to happen in game number five. But I'm pretty positive about him. Another pointer, Julius, okay, I wanted to go into the rim, okay, and get some fouls and stop throwing some threes and, and not knocking them down. And, uh, you know, and then I tell you, this reminds me of the 90s. And I don't know what you think, Larry, but isn't this series the best series of – the rest of them, I mean, this reminds me like the 90s when they used to play hard, I mean, beyond hard, mm-hmm. but the referees are letting them play, and that's amazing. I, I certainly want them to finish, you know, on their next um, encounter, but, you know, if it keeps on going, I'm enjoying basketball like <laughs> nobody else. Thank you for taking my, my call, and uh, I listen to you now, Larry. Appreciate all right, Gustavo. Thank, thanks for checking in. couple things. Uh, first of all, let's start with the end. I know you're enjoying it. Uh, you can enjoy it with the next challenge. I don't want to leave. I don't want to give Cleveland any life. They're too good of a team that they can figure it out. They now have three days to figure out before they play again on Wednesday. They will be looking at video. They'll be doing some things. They're going to try to do some things differently. They're going to really try to take the ball. I. They really need to do a better job taking the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands. They tried to do it on a couple of occasions. They did it a little bit in the third quarter today, Gustavo. And so that's how you notice that the offense kind of bogged down and slowed down. For the Knicks to be successful, they really have to keep pushing the basketball and playing with a quicker pace. I think that's what really gets them – it really puts Cleveland on their heels when they do that. So that's number one. Um, Number two – yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you'd like to see Randall go to the basket more if he's not hitting the threes. He went to the in the lane a couple times. He just didn't have it today. So once again, for me, uh, I'm not dwelling on it. I'm just saying he didn't have it. The positives is he didn't try to force it. He didn't try to force the ball. He didn't try to do things that he wasn't able to do. He just he didn't play that much. He didn't play that well. He didn't have it. We move on. Hopefully, he'll be better on the road on Wednesday night. Uh, R.J. Barrett was phenomenal today. He was even better than he was in game three, which has been better than he's been in a while. So you like that. Uh, and as far as it being the best series, no, uh, no, it's not. It's it's a really good series. Uh, I've really been intrigued by the Golden State-Sacramento series, especially with the antics of Draymond Green and how, you know, Golden State came back to win even without him. 
on the road down 2-0, and you know they're they're playing right now, and so I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Uh, there's a couple of other games out west. I'm I'm very interested in the Dylan Brooks, <laughs> uh, old man, uh, LeBron James situation, and what a ph- talk about phenomenal performances. How about John Morant? 22 straight points in the fourth quarter last night. He couldn't be stopped. I'm watching him. I'm like, he can't be stopped. He couldn't be stopped. So there's a couple of other series that have really been good that have intrigued me a little bit more. But this one has, and this one's been one of them. But is it the best series? Not quite, Gustavo. Not for me. But it's a good one. Mitch is in East Windsor. What's up, Mitch? How's it going, Larry? Good. This might be putting the car before the horse. Uh, with uh, Giannis being hurt, see, it could be a Knicks and Sixers, maybe. Could be. But I tell you, Josh Hart, he could start for a lot of teams. He's a great all-around player. Him and Brunson have been great acquisitions. I think the best since maybe Carmelo or Larry Johnson. Um, it's a great series. I agree. I think the Kings and Warriors are, has been a tremendous series. And, you know, hopefully the Kings are, are pulling it out. And, you know, my Clippers, these stars, so many stars get hurt. I don't know. It's just like an epidemic the last few years. Yeah. Anyway, um, thanks for taking my call. All right, Mitch. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, the Kings are up four at halftime, 69-65. Um, yeah, it, you are. Let's let's just – and listen, it's okay to dream. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't dream. But let's get past this series first. And they haven't won this series yet. They're up 3-1. They're in a very good position. But let's finish this one first. Uh, Josh Hart is going to go down as one of the, one of the best trade deadline acquisitions the Knicks have made in a long time. In a long time, it, it's just it, it's been great. What he's been able to do has been fabulous. Of course, the next thing is going to be to sign him, but we will worry about that later, right? But right now, what he's done, and to have this happen in the same year, the same season that you were able to lock in Jalen Brunson. It's 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 made for a really successful season so far. Lee's in Manhattan. What's up, Lee? Brother Larry. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Lee. What's going on? Listen, let me just say the first thing so I can before I forget. I cannot wait for you to talk to Jose from Brooklyn mm-hmm. because he went to his first Playoff game today. He he picked a good one. <laughs> he was on with Anita this morning. He said he was going to his first playoff game. But as a Nick fan, let's be honest. We have talked about him all year long. Talk about him when they good. Talk about him when they bad. And we're talking about R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. Okay. You and I have talked about this before. I mentioned to you last week, playing to his strength, and his strength is downhill. As far as the Knicks go, their strength as a team is inside the arc, okay? We know that Julius is struggling, and I think the reason why Julius is struggling is hard because of what happened a couple of years ago and him not showing up in the playoffs, and he's trying to do that. Julius, give us what you can. Do what you do best. Get in there, grab some rebounds, okay, and help the big fellas, okay? Hart going to do what he do. 
Brunson going to do what he do. But we need you to score, but we don't need you to score if it's not necessary. Because right now, the Knicks got enough weapons, particularly coming off the bench, okay, where if we can hold our own and Thibodeau, let, the, let, let us know today that he's actually putting faith in that, in that, in that second unit. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do now is worry about winning one out of three games. And that's all we need to do is win one out of three. And having a good road record all year long, okay, we can win all we need is one. You're right, Lee. There's no question about it. Thanks for the phone call. And I'm going to say it again. The fourth clinching game, the fourth game in any series, is the toughest one to get, especially on the road. But Lee is right. The Knicks have been a really good road team all year. They uh, have to be a bit more of the way they were in the first two quarters than the third. But once again, Cleveland is a really good team. They are a good team. You seem to match up with them well. And once again, the 4-5 seed, that's why 4th and 5th seed usually are your better games because the teams are very evenly matched. And even though the the Knicks have a 3-1 lead, it's really, they've played extremely well. It is because of their defense and forcing turnovers and putting Cleveland into situations where they've, they've had to hurry shots or they've been off balance or whatever the situation has been. So, Personally, I would love for them to finish this up right now. Let's go. Game five, lock it up. Let's lock it up and get ready for moving on because you don't want to extend if you don't have to. AJ's in White Plains. What's up, AJ? So, Hey, AJ. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so I love Thibodeau. I love the fact that he's able to move the bench. He has a lot of tools. What do you say um, going forward? You keep the energy that Hart brings to the team, and you start him. I mean, he's got to be a starter. You got to put him on the floor. You got to bring his energy from the from the first minute. Well, I'll say this, AJ, and and thanks for the phone call. And I knew this was going to come up because of the fact that Grimes was hurt today. I just think that. You love Josh Hart's energy coming off the bench. You love him with the change, what he does with that second unit, how he changes tempo. And to be honest with you, AJ, he finishes the game anyway. It's not so much that whether he starts or not. It's really that he's on the floor when they finish. So Thibodeau likes Grimes. Just Grimes does a very good job also. And doing uh, in defensively, but the main reason you like him, and I know he struggled in the series, is because with all the closeouts, all the things that you have, he is your knockdown shooter from three that can open things up. So that's why you like to have him on the floor in that reason. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.